You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. Rockin'. Well, hello, everybody. And see, kids, y'all have a good time? Awesome. It is good to be with y'all. Um, and Janet, thanks for that great welcome. Everybody here at Citrus Church, um, it's just a joy. It's a joy to be with y'all this morning. My name is Derek Scott III. Um, I am co-lay leader uh, of, of the Florida Conference, uh, which is just to say that um, I get to represent everyday, normal United Methodists to our clergy and to our bishop. And um, I do that work alongside uh, someone who actually is also here in Orlando, Alice Williams. She worships over at St. Luke's United Methodist. Um, and, and so in that work with Alice, uh, we just we get to see what God is doing in our congregations and get to report that back uh, to our leaders and, and get to speak up for the issues and the concerns that you have. So Brian's got my email address and my cell number. If you've got concerns, you can just grab, the, grab my information from him and i um, love to chat with you. Um, but also, I'm a campus minister, 20 years in campus ministry. Actually, I'm 42 years old, just so some of y'all are like doing the math right now. Um, um, been in campus ministry for 20 years plus, actually, um, in Northeast Florida, Jacksonville, St. Augustine. Um, and so some, between campus ministry and co-lay leader, I get to hang out with United Methodists actually kind of all over the US and beyond, and it's a great, great privilege. When Brian was like, hey man, would love for you to come and hang out at Citrus Church, I was like, awesome, let's do this. And then he told me he wasn't gonna be here, and I was like, but dude, like, because <laughs> he's such a great human. Um, but, you know, so I was getting ready and just um, preparing for this morning. Uh, the text that I want to read uh, really is actually, it, and some of us follow what's called the lectionary text. There are four texts, two Old Testament, two New Testament texts um, that many churches across the planet will use every single Sunday. It's kind of a, a schedule of scripture readings. And so um, I'm actually reading the gospel text um, that's a part of the lectionary this morning. And you don't need to worry about that if you're like, lectionary what? Like, don't even worry about it. I'm just, just know that many churches across the planet are reading this exact same text today, and they're reflecting on it, um, which one of the beautiful things about being United Methodist is that, um, and it's one of the things I love at least, uh, is that we are connected to Christians literally all over the world. We are connected to Christians who already have started their worship day in the Congo and um, through France and then over, you know, we're on East Coast, but there will be folks in California who today who will be reading this exact text all over the planet, United Methodist and many other Christians united um, together. And so I just think that's beautiful. Now let me also warn you, um, I want to invite you, actually, to go home later and read John chapter 4. Um, I want to invite you to do that. Get a, grab a choice beverage. It's a pretty long chapter. Um, so just, you know, camp out. There's so much good stuff in John chapter 4. I'm going to read just a snippet. And actually, the, the full text is like through verse 40, uh, 52. I'm going to stop at verse 13 because even though Brian told me that I had three hours to preach today, I'm sure... That might be a concern that might come back after we're done if I did that. So let me just read a little bit of this. John chapter 4, um, starting at verse 4. Hear these words this morning, friends. Jesus had to go through Samaria. He came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, which was near the land Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. 
Jesus was tired from his journey, so he sat down at the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me some water to drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy him food. The Samaritan woman asked, why do you, a Jewish man, ask her something to drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Jews and Samaritans didn't associate with each other. Jesus responded, if you recognized the gift, recognize God's gift, and who is saying to you, give some water to me to drink, you would be asking him, and he would give you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you don't have a bucket, and the well is deep. Where would you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? <laughs> He gave us this well, and he drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. And the rest of it, which I did not give y'all, uh, should be going to verse 14. My bad. Let me just read it. But whoever drinks from this water that I give will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become, in those who drink it, a spring of water that bubbles up into eternal life. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Okay, so much I want to talk about in this chapter. In these few verses, we don't have time. And so if my college students were in the room this morning, they would be like, he's only going to talk about the very first sentence. And I am only going to talk, really talk about the first sentence. Because the first sentence is like everything. I'm going to talk about a little bit more than the first sentence. But the first sentence, like, okay, very first sentence, verse 4, Jesus had to go through Samaria. Now, Bible scholars say that Jesus actually did not have to go through Samaria. In first century AD, Palestine, you have this issue between Jews and Samaritans, so much so that even though it really is kind of a straight shot, if you're traveling from Galilee in the north to Jerusalem in the south, go through Samaria. If you've got the map in your head, you know what I'm talking about. Google it later. It's all there. Okay. If you're going to go from Galilee in the north to Jerusalem in the south, you go through Samaria. But because of the issues between Jews and Samaritans, Jews said, no, no, no. Instead of doing the straight shot thing, we don't want to even be around them. We don't want to go through their neighborhood. It's sort of like people who, and I, don't, I don't really know Orlando uh, geography very well, but I imagine if you have to go through like International Drive and like Disney area, you know, you're like, it might be a straight shot to go through, but we're going to go around. Am I right? I'm, I'm right. Okay. And so this is what Jews in first century AD said. It's like, nope, nope, nope. We're just going to go around Samaria through the Judean desert. Yes, it's the long way around. Adds a bunch of hours to our time. But you know what? We have so many issues with Samaritans. We're not going to do this. And yet Jesus says in, in the very beginning of chapter four, he's like, got to go through Samaria. And this is the thing. Like, we don't just think Jesus is being practical, we actually believe that Jesus is being led. There is a person that Jesus needs to spend time with. There's a person that needs to be seen and heard. There's a person who needs to have their voice restored to them. And so Jesus had to go. I hope you pick up what I'm saying. He had to go through Samaria. And this is the thing. Lent is this beautiful season where we ask deep questions 
Reflective questions, questions that sometimes lead us in different directions. It's, it's a season where, yeah, we allow our lives to be somewhat and maybe a lot <laughs> uprooted and disrupted because as we get closer to Easter, there actually is, and friends, you need to hear this, there is a call on every single one of your lives. I know that that's something that we might think about in regard, in regard to Brian. Brian's pastor here, he's been to seminary, he's been ordained. Um, so of course, there's a call in Brian's life. We would say that about Jared, right? We would say, Jared, leading music, there's a call on Jared's life, right? But hear me, friends, every single one of you, if there is breath in your body, there is a call on your life. So let's go ahead and all join together with a nice deep breath. Breathe in and breathe out. And if you were able to do that, friends, there is something that Jesus wants to invite you into. And it might not look like being pastor of a church plant. It might not look like being sent to the other side of the planet to serve people. But I actually think that for every single one of us, there is something that Jesus is like, you have to go there. And that's the question I want to leave with you today. Where might the Holy Spirit be inviting you to go. Now, Jesus being fully God has a really beautiful connection with the Holy Spirit, and therefore, it's a little bit easier for Jesus to pick up, I have to go through Samaria. And for the rest of us, you're like, I don't know, Derek, I don't know, it might be, I don't know. And I want to invite us to sit, to sit in the question, might the Holy Spirit, and again, it's going to take some time, Gosh, it took me forever to figure out what my calling was, and I'm still figuring it out at 42. But the beauty of it, the, 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 um, the fruit of it, the goal is actually to sit in that question of where might the Holy Spirit be leading even me? And so again, we look at Jesus as the example um, one who has gone before us, and so he had to go through Samaria. Not just practical, not just the straight shot, but Jesus had to go through Samaria because there was a person. And it may not be a person for you. It may be something that needs to be done, a posture that needs to be experienced. But friends, make no mistake, if you are breathing today, there is something that the Holy Spirit more than likely wants you to do a place the Holy Spirit wants you to go. Okay, so let me keep going, because again, I could just riff on that one sentence all morning long. I'm gonna get a few more things in. I, I, I love this story for so many reasons. Again, there's so much more that happens that you just didn't, we didn't have time. I mean, we get, get to some really cool drama in this woman's life, and, and it just kind of gets poured out there. And then she up and leaves and then starts talking to people. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, and then Jesus' disciples come back, and they're like, what the heck's going on? And Jesus is like, you don't even know. And it's just beautiful. Grab that choice beverage, read John 4, and feel free to just keep reading through the end of the gospel because it's a really great gospel. Okay, so some places that I think Jesus goes that we might want to think about. You know, when Jesus goes through Samaria, sits at this well, Jacob's well, encounters this woman who comes in the middle of the day. We believe that she goes to the well in the middle of the day because she don't want to see nobody. <laughs> she doesn't go early in the morning before it's hot. She doesn't go late in the evening when it's cool. She goes in the middle of the day, the hottest time of the day, because she does not want to see anybody. And of course, that's where Jesus shows up, right? And she engages this conversation 
Ms. Hammond, there's three things I'd love to share with you, three places that I think this story tells us as far as where Jesus goes. The first place, and it's quite obvious, Jesus had to go and cross difference with this woman, okay? And in the text, we are told she's a Samaritan. Jews and Samaritans aren't supposed to be hanging out together, talking about anything. And she's a woman. And in this day, bro, you don't do that. You don't know who she is. She didn't know who you are. And like somebody might see y'all and like they're going to have like a whole conversation. And then it's going to be all on Facebook. And it's just whatever Facebook was for their day. But one of the reasons I think Jesus had to go to Samaria is that he had to cross this difference. And I, I was reading your, your um, welcome statement as I was just sitting here. Citrus Church's statement of everybody being welcome in this space. And that is incredible. And in a moment that we're living in right now, friends, gosh, we need churches that are willing to say out loud that, yes, everybody is welcome in our space. Everybody's welcome at our table. But friends, sometimes it's not enough to just have that kind of statement. Sometimes we actually have to go someplace that requires us to cross a difference. A difference in opinion, a difference in politics, a difference in ways of seeing the world. And yes, there's sort of a practical thing about crossing difference, because gosh, we just need peace. <laughs> and, and, and maybe if we could just have a conversation, maybe we could come to terms, come to some kind of compromise. But bigger than that, friends, I think that the Holy Spirit at times invites us to go someplace because by going, we might cross a difference. Jesus had to go to Samaria because he had to cross this difference. Where else did Jesus go? Jesus, I think, had to go to Samaria as well because he needed to hold space. Okay, so what is hold space? This is a term that we often use in campus ministry where um, in you know, 20 years, this is what I've done. I sit down at coffee with a student and my job in that moment is to, for about an hour, listen. To receive their story, to receive whatever's happening. And though the parents would love it if I then, and this is what you should do, and this is what you need to stop doing. It's like My job actually in that moment is to just receive their story. Don't edit it. Don't add so many comments. Just receive their honesty as sacred. This is what we call holding space. This is what my therapist does for me all the time. Yes, I see a therapist right now because I'm traveling all the time. It's about once a month. Gosh, I wish it was like four times a week. But it's because she, when, my, when I'm with my therapist, she has a way of getting me to tell her things that I had no intentions of telling her. Like I actually have a conversation with myself as I'm driving over to my therapist's office and it's like, yeah, 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 we're gonna talk about this, but we are not talking about this. This thing is not going to come up at all because I'm not ready and I don't want, I'm not ready to hear about it. And, like, and I get in there and three minutes in, uh, you know, we're talking and then all of a sudden she's like, so how are these going? Okay, this is all this going to tell you. And I literally say, I'm like, and I wasn't going to tell you. And she says, I know. You can read John 4, and you'll continue. Jesus is going to ask this woman some questions, particularly about 
who she's hanging out with right now, and it's going to be about marriage and who she's not married to. And, and there's a lot of stuff in there. And you can read this in one way of like Jesus reading her mail, and that's often how some folks read it. But I imagine that this woman had no intentions of having this conversation today, and yet because Jesus knows how to hold space, she felt the need to put it all on the table. And I wonder if any of us might be called, any of us might be invited by the Holy Spirit to go to a place that you might hold space for someone else. It, it is, in some respects, much easier to give advice and to condemn, to tell people what we think about their story than to actually sit back and fully receive someone else's story. I mean, you know what it's like when someone actually hears you, sees you. Someone that has given so much space that you feel known. This is what Jesus does. This is the reason, one of the reasons that Jesus had to go to Samaria. And I just wonder this morning if someone in this space, maybe someone watching the video later, might have this voice of the Holy Spirit saying, I actually want you to go there to hold space. I believe that Jesus had to go to Samaria because he had to cross difference. He went to Samaria because he had to hold space for this woman. And finally, he had to go to Samaria because he had to restore her dignity. And I say it that way, restore her dignity, because she has dignity. Yes, she's been through some things. Yes, she's going to the well in the middle of the day, probably because she doesn't want to hear other people gossiping about her, doesn't want to see their eyes, doesn't want to deal with any of that drama. And so in many ways, the journey that she's on probably leaves her in a place where she feels like she has lost her dignity. She hasn't, but someone needs to look at her and say, actually, you've got a story to tell. Actually, you are a person of worth. You are deeply valued by God, and this moment matters. This is the whole living water thing, that she's worthy of the living water, just as she is. And here's what happens in this story. Again, it's later on. You're going to grab your choice beverage, and you're going to be reading John 4 later today, and you're going to see it all, um, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This woman who went to the well in the middle of the day because she didn't want to see anybody runs to her hometown and starts talking to people, <laughs> telling people the whole story. Can you imagine? <laughs> this person who at first, when we first meet her, is like, I'm just trying to get what I need and get out of here. Trying not to you know, be too seen, trying just to get in and get out. And then by the end of the story, She's Samaria's first evangelist. And I see in that so many things, but one of the things I see is that Jesus has restored her dignity. She can walk through this town, not just with her head up, but with her mouth open, <laughs> with words, with, with declarations, with a story to tell. So much so that folks in this town are like, we want to go meet this guy that you just talked about because you don't talk, because you actually avoid us. But you actually found us and we're like, hey, let me tell you about this dude. And they all take this road trip. Again, when you read the rest of John chapter 4, you'll see it. They take this road trip to go meet this guy who told her everything that she had ever done. And then they're like, hey, you want to come hang out with us? for a few days and tell us everything we ever did, it turns into this incredible 
spiritual revival in this town in Samaria because this one human found her dignity again. This is the reason why we do so much work of justice in the United Methodist Church, y'all. It's not, I mean, yes, it is definitely because we want people's lives to be better. We definitely want to deal with the injustices in the world. But so often, friends, when people don't have basic things like clean water, all of a sudden, they don't think it's just that, oh, our town doesn't have clean water, but they think something must be wrong with us since our town doesn't have clean water. Someone will think something must be wrong with me because something damaging happened to me. Someone will think something must be wrong with me because no one is speaking up for us in the country we live in. And so much of the work of the UMC and many Christians and people across religions, so much of that work is to restore dignity in human beings so that they could tell their story. I mean, yes, clean water. Yes, civil rights. And also, your story matters. And this woman, when we first encounter her, just trying not to take up too much space, again, becomes the first evangelist. I see in this story of John chapter 4, Jesus had to go to Samaria. It's not just a practical thing. It was a spiritual thing. It was a Holy Spirit-led thing. He had to go to Samaria, and I think that some of the reasons were he had to cross difference. He had to hold space for this woman. He had to restore her dignity. And that's where I'm asking you this question. Could the Holy Spirit be calling you to go somewhere, to go somewhere that crosses difference? Right here in this area, could the Holy Spirit be inviting you to go somewhere where you hold space for someone else? Could the Holy Spirit even, being invited, even be inviting you to go somewhere where you might restore someone's dignity. They didn't lose their dignity. They need to be reminded of it. I'll just say as I'm closing, sometimes these messages feel like, a, oh, you want me to go out of my way to go do these things. And sometimes that's the thing. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is like, yes, I want you to go out of your way to go do something that's going to make someone's life better and it's going to let people know that God loves them, definitely. But I think most often, the Holy Spirit is more like, I want you to go on your way and cross difference. As you're going your normal, everyday life, find moments to hold space for people. No, as you are going, to the store and to the gym and to the school and look for ways you can restore dignity. Yes, there is definitely the call to go out of your way. But again, this story is about Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, taking the straight shot that any normal human being would have taken. And as he was going, he crosses difference. On his way, he holds space. On this journey that he was going to go on anyway, the practical route, he restores dignity. Here's why all this matters to me. My favorite scripture in the New Testament is Romans 8.19, and it says this, the whole world waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. And here's my deep conviction, my friends. The whole world is waiting 
for you to take your place in this great story of God's love in the world. The whole world, Horizon West, Orlando, waiting, eager, on the edge of their seats for a church to rise up and be hands and feet, heart and life of Jesus for the sake of this world. There are literally people who are waiting on you to go ahead and respond to the Holy Spirit's invitation to cross difference. I know they wouldn't say that they were waiting, but on the other side of the story, y'all, on the other side of the story, this woman's like, he knew I was going to be there. I was been, I've been waiting for somebody to come and offer me living water and help just to cross that difference and, and hold space for me and restore my dignity so I can tell my story. And then revival happens in Samaria. It's like I was waiting for him. It's like they wouldn't say that on this side of the story, but on the other side of the story, I cannot imagine what happens in this area is Citrus Church rises up and takes their place. And so that's my prayer for you, friends. My prayer is that every single one of you would sit in that question. Could the Holy Spirit be inviting me right now, as I am, with all that I know and don't know, all that I feel like I figured out and all the stuff that I haven't, could the Holy Spirit be inviting me to go? Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website, citruschurch.org. If you found refreshments in this message, share it with a friend. And hey, God loves you.